Oh, Gareth, you are listening to the dollop on the all. You're listening on the all things comedy. No, I'm not. Network. I'm participating. This is an American history podcast where each week I, sort of. David Anthony, read a story from American history to a guy who owns a seal. I'm Gareth Reynolds, and I have no idea what the topic is going to be about. And I don't sign off on the earlier stuff. The SEAL stuff. Or the fact that I'm listening to this. Because I won't be listening to this. Because I don't listen to this. By the way, we haven't, we haven't done an episode in a while. I mean, do we even know how to do this shit anymore? You were, you were off in Poland or wherever you went. I went to Poland. And, uh, and how was it? It's disgusting. Yeah. You know, I always thought we made those Polish jokes growing up because we were, like, being rude. It's true. Mm-hmm. You got guys yeah. raking leaves and trees. I wanted to get on a submarine, uh-huh. but I couldn't because they were filling them with screen doors. Yeah. It's just like That's, everyone's pissing in the wind. Uh, people thought they were joke books, but they were factual books. It was an actual way of, it was a hot, real take on a nation. Yeah. It's really crazy. It was crazy. I wish I could think of another joke. There's more. <laughs> There's a lot more. I mean, I was walking around. I saw this guy, and he was—he was, he had a book open. It was a book on how to read. I mean, come on. Oh, come on. Come on. You already in know Poland. How to, in Poland. It's wow. Like you already, uh, how are you going to learn how to read from reading, guy? Ugh, that, that, what a silly place. And then his, I saw his mom, and his, when his mom sits around the house, she sits around the house. Well, that's not a Polish joke. I think that's a yo mama. Let's just do the music. Okay, action. And called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy! Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait, is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy! On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> Come on, now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo! No sleep tell hippo! Uh, action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Rhoda. Rhoda in the court. Uh, Gareth. Dave. The dollop. Dave. Is brought to you by Squarespace. Of course, uh, what is Squarespace, Gareth asks, because uh, once again, he, for some reason, doesn't know. It is an all-in-one. What? Oh, how, how it works. How so it it's work? a, it's a website situation, but it's also why it works. You can get domains. Who work for it? Uh, it's, it's websites, online stores, marketing tools, analytics, all of it. You can get all of it there at Squarespace. You just go to the Squarespace store, which is actually online. I've actually been going to the brick and mortar shop. And uh, Squarespace has a really great store downtown. They have a really great brick and mortar. And you can go there and they mm-hmm. sell you websites in jars. And oh, I love the spot. So uh, the other thing is they have uh, e-commerce. We can sell products, uh, sell digital products, subscriptions. And they got sales analytics and extensions. They got everything you need. You want to set up a business, you just want to do something simple like set up a, a hey, we just got engaged website or maybe a comedy website. You can go look at Gareth's because here's the deal. Look at my engagement Gareth's website too. is with, yeah, which 
It's with Jose, but it's weird. It's great. Uh, Garrett's website is Squarespace. My website is Squarespace. Uh, our sources page is Squarespace. And then the dollarpodcast.com where you can get all your tour information. We are on tour now, or our tickets are on sale now. Yeah, they can find it all at uh, the dollarpodcast.com. Uh, so here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna you can go in and you can check out how Squarespace works. You can check out their templates. Their templates are great. You can find the one that works for you. And uh, you are gonna go to squarespace.com/dollop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code dollop to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. And a lot of people are asking if you have to do the 10 to 1 countdown when you launch your website. And I actually reached out to someone at Squarespace, and you do. Yes. Yep. You have to say lift off and sorry. Right. That's in the terms of service. That's how, yeah. It's, yeah, it's in the terms. Uh, Gareth, we're also brought to you in part by Mind Bloom. My mind is blooming. Look, uh, people have a hard time with uh, depression and anxiety. Trying to find a therapist can be hard. Uh, People start an exercise routine. They do a bunch of different stuff. Change your diet. And sometimes uh, you just need more. Uh, you need something to, like unlock your brain, a new way to think about and see the world. And uh, that's why we're bringing up uh, guided ketamine therapy from MindBloom. Uh, there is a new tool to improve your mental health, at-home ketamine therapy. MindBloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy, having safely helped thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. Unlike traditional talk therapy, ketamine works quickly and doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of traditional antidepressants. And in a study of over 1,200 MindBloom clients, 89% reported improvement in their anxiety and depression after only two I had a friend of mine reach out to me about MindBloom, and the way that I was talking in our text conversation was like I was doing a MindBloom ad. I think I support it strongly. Yeah, ketamine therapy is... uh, uh, People find it very, very helpful. It, It really is. It's just like another great tool to try to attack whatever you whatever issues you feel like you're having like gas no i don't know if they sign off on gas being something that's not no okay i I, sometimes i i I have hopes right now mindbloom is offering our listeners a hundred dollars off your first six session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash dollop and use promo code dollop Take the first step and break free from your anxiety and depression with MindBloom. MindBloom.com slash dollop and use promo code dollop. Yeah. Um, Gareth and I think that's your name. Mm-hmm. We, the dollop, are going on tour. Uh, we are going to be in San Jose on July 27th. Uh, we'll be in San Francisco on uh, the 28th. We'll be in Sacramento on the 30th. And then August 1st, Boise, Salt Lake on August 3rd, Boulder, August 5th, Denver, August 6th, Las Vegas, August 9th, Phoenix, August 10th, San Diego, August 12th. And Dave, this tour, we're actually trying to sell all those shows out. Um, we always do. Eh. But if we don't do it this time, the mafia is going to take our thumbs. So I don't know if I mentioned that to you, but I signed us up for the craziest tour deal. And, um, and if we don't sell most of those out, we're going to lose all, all of our thumbs. So um, I don't all of them? All, yeah, and we'll have none. The dollop will be the first thumbless show. Um, also, Dave, I'll be on the road doing stand-up comedy. Um, this coming April 12th, I will be at the Tacoma Comedy Club doing a 
Gareth's Crowdwork Spectacular. Uh, April 13th, Thursday, I'll be at the Spokane Comedy Club. Then April 14th and April 15th, I will be at Last Best Comedy in Bozeman, Montana. May 5th, I'll be back here in some beautiful Los Angeles times. I lost track of that one. But I'll be at the Dynasty Typewriter May 5th, Friday, Los Angeles. Uh, May 18th, I'll be at uh, uh, Stand Up Live in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, go to GarethReynolds.com, and then I'm really going to go fucking nuts in July. July 7th, I'll be in uh, Huntsville. July uh, 8th, I'll also be in Huntsville. July 10th, I'll be in Nashville. July 12th, I'll be in New York. July 13th, I'll be in Stamford, Connecticut. July 15th, I'll be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. July 18th, Buffalo, New York. July 20th, 21st, and 22nd, I'll be in Burlington, Vermont, and uh, I'll also be in Syracuse at some point there. So go to GarethReynolds.com for ticket information. 1637. Hmm. Does that scare you? It's, you? You scare me. So not the date. You, I'm scared of you. Worry. Edward Gove Is that the year of our Lord in... or anything? La- oh. 1637, year of our Lord J-Town. What's up, J-Town? He's a little jazzy. Sure. Jazzes. love J-Town. Kids, so many kids are being introduced to Jesus Christ because of what we have done Don't, on this First of all, podcast. I'm not co-signing calling Jesus J-Town. We nicknamed him J-Town. I did not have anything to do with it. I've protested the whole it. way. Yeah, no, I'm totally against well, it. Edward Gove was born in London. His father was John, his mother Mary. John was a brass dealer. Dave. Okay, fine, whatever. Hmm? You looking for a He's bit a brass of brass? You after a bit of brass? Who's holding? Yeah, I would like a little Who's bit. Holding? Who's holding? I like just a, just a pinch. You want, a, you want a, a pinch? You want a pinch or a fragment? You want what you want? What are you looking for, mate? No, I'm just looking for copper, a pinch. Copper, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. Hello, governor! God. Sorry, they do that around the cops. Oh, I thought that was the cop. The name Gove uh, is actually a tradesman's surname. It's an old Cornish term for one who forges with a hammer in metal. So he found the right job. His last name was Gove, and so he was like, oh, then I'll be a Gove. I guess that's it. Uh, Have you been working on your accent? No, I've just never really tried. Oh, because it's sounding... Very. I used to I used to do an English accent all the time in college. Do you have any tape of that? I had British. I hung out with British exchange students, and I would act like I was British also. Hmm. To pick up on girls. Work. What a lying. There creep. is a bit of confusion. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. I we also we also had a for a little period we had a baby baby duckling and baby ducklings will follow you around and if you ever want to meet girls on a college campus I recommend get a baby duckling. Stop talking. That's from everybody. There is a bit of confusion. There is a bit of confusion about how many times John was married, uh, between one and three. I think he was married once, but who knows. Okay. Um, They had two boys, Edward and John, and a girl, Mary. So in, now obviously uh, England's, uh, you know, they don't like the Puritans very much. Right. These these are are of of the kind. Uh, So uh, John brought the two, his two sons, to America in 1642. And the daughter? Uh, she stayed with mom in England. Cool. Cool. That's how 
You do it. Are you staying faithful through that? You think? Oh, I'm fucking all over. Not you, duckling creep. I'm talking about this guy. You think this guy's like? Yeah. You think you hang in there? I think they're so. I think they're so religious that I think that they like they would instead like just start punching their dick. Is he whacking it? You think he's whacking it? He's whacking it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I do with the duck? Um, He be quacking it. Go ahead. I don't. Jeez. Good. This is the content Um, people enjoy. John had to take out a loan of three pounds to pay for to transport the two the two lads. Okay. Um, so they lived in Charlestown, Massachusetts. Nice. He bought a house for ten pounds. Jesus Christ! Prices have gone up a little bit. Do you think? Because I'm trying to like think of what the market is now, but I don't know. Uh, in Charlestown, I bet it's a a mill, right? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, know. His wife and daughter, like I said, remained in England, and then was, he brought the rest of his family. It. You think she was flicking yeah, it? Yeah, she was whacking yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. Flacking it. Flacking it. Um, so he brought um, the rest of his family, uh, the wife and the daughter, to America in 1647. Okay. And then, uh, and then immediately after that, he died. <laughs> oh, God. So much to... Ugh. Sometimes it's hard to pin down You're who here. our main... Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of stress, though. He had to make the trip. He had to buy a house. I mean, he was deaf. I bet you he died from dehydration from whacking. Uh, yeah, houses are like seven hundred thousand to to a million, two million in Charlestown. Yeah, it's an expensive place. Hmm. Uh, so they've gone up a little bit, right? So in his will, in John's will, he gave away his daughter. I'm sorry. Hmm? What did you? He gave. In the will, it was right. like, you, uh, yeah, he gave her away. He said someone else can uh, have, have the her. daughter. Yeah, it's a weird. That's what you do. And to my loving daughter Cordelia, I leave you to anyone who wants you. You'll be taken. Oh. Also, my bike, <laughs> I leave to my cousin Randy, and then. My shoe collection, I leave to be split between my sons. And my daughter, I leave up uh, whoever. uh, How about you, Ross? Do you want her? Have her. She's yours. (laughs) If she's crying at this reading, please silence her. I could only imagine one would weep a bit from feeling like a possession rather than an entity. So... It's the, he put in the will that he gave her up with, quote, full consent of my wife. So they probably couldn't take care of her. Like, they probably couldn't. The mom. How old is they she? They probably knew she's once young. the dad. She's young. Like, I think seven to nine or something like in Jesus there. Jesus Christ. Um, but, the, but I think that with John dead, they knew the mother wouldn't be able to take care of the girl. So It's quite a hypothetical to have to cross. You gotta. And what if I die? Do you think you could do it? No, probably not. All right. Well, up she goes too then. (laughs) Um, It sounds like they gave her to someone they knew. Um, She was adopted by a deacon, and and the and then Ed and his brother John get um, fifty shillings each in the in the will. Boy, that the daughter really got the short end of the stick. Yeah, she did. Um. And then 
the uh, the the mom was given the house, but the house was to be sold to pay the two boys their fifty shillings and then any other debts they had, and then she could have the rest. Okay. So, uh, so she was probably going to have some money left over, but she was like, "I don't need yeah. a daughter gunking up the life." <laughs> like, wouldn't you do it in that order? Wouldn't you be like, "All right, well, let's let's I sell mean, everything and then see what we have," or even like the fifty shillings for the boys? Be like, "Well, let's put that towards raising the daughter." But it feels like they were kind of like, "Look, it's just not an option." Well, she, what's she going to do? She's totally pointless. Yeah, we got to get her out of here. I, th- I think so we cut her up and sell got- her for parts. Yeah. You can get a lot for, like, a leg. Oh, yeah. A girl leg. Sure. I mean, I think we maybe the organs would be a better spot to start. No, yeah, we start with the leg. Do, like, a auction, leg auction. Looking for a leg, mate. Yeah. Quiet, quiet. I copper, am. copper, copper, quiet, quiet. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Hello, governor. Fuck, I always do that. Yeah, why well, you do what he should be saying? It's not, I don't, fuck. Why you mate. got a duck? Why you got a duck for? Don't uh, ignore the fucking dog. Well, you got duck though. It's creepy. Ignore, ignore, ignore. What you doing? Just hello. Look. We was over there. We saw you out of duck. Oh Christ! Hello, birds. Oh Christ, birds and ducks. It's like <laughs> a Christmas feast. <laughs> um. So she gets remarried to John Manfield. She likes Johns. And so now that we, we're, we're barely into the story, and there's three Johns already. Yeah. Um, in 1655, Edward, so this is, this is eight years later. He sues his stepdad for debts owed by his father's estate. So he had never been paid the 50 shillings. And he sues his stepdad. Okay, sure. Because he's the guy, because he technically has the house because he married right. the, the, yeah. the widow. Because she can't have it. Right. Right, That's why she not. probably had to sell it. Yeah. Um, so he had not been given his 50 shillings, but then Ed's brother, John, stepped in and said he would give him the 50 shillings if he would, you know, quote, neither he nor I will e- ever trouble my father or mother for any debt or house from the beginning of the world to the same day and whereupon I have received a hog and piggy. Wait, what? that is literally in there? That's what is. What's the ending? Because I was wrote. sort of like, I got the gist of it. You, I've been accused of not listening, but that, what happened? So, neither he nor I will ever trouble my father or mother or any mm-hmm. for any more debts mm-hmm. or house from the beginning of the world to mm-hmm. the end of the same day. And whereupon I have received a hog and piggy. So, he's basically saying, we will leave you alone forever. I'm going to give him the 50 shillings. And I just mm-hmm. want one hog... And in addition, one piggy. When they get a hog and a pig, I will give up the 50 shillings. Not a pig. Piggy. Piggy. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in 1557, Edward married Hannah Partridge. Um, they quickly had a kid. They, now, he owned a quite a bit of land, and he kept buying land. In the spring of 1665, they moved to Hampton, New Hampshire, where he bought 100 acres. Edward was known to be very blunt and had a, quote, forceful nature. Okay. The family book called him, quote, strenuous. 
If the family's writing a book, like an in-house book, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, he's a bit of a stressful motherfucker. <laughs> uh, should I put dick here? Strenuous. Strenuous. Uh, the, really? Look, what, do you, what can we say about it? He, the man loved a piggy. He loved a piggy. He was a good, he was a good what hang a dick. Unless, unless he didn't get what he wanted, which was mainly uh, hogs and piggies. But when he got a hog and piggy, oh boy, happy as a clam. Nice guy, sweetheart. Um, he had no problem fighting if he felt wronged, which led to uh, appearances in court. Okay, um, which led to appearances in court a few times for quote forceful language and personal assault. Okay. In 1673, he was fined for abusing and calling a man a thief. And that was the guy he bought his land from. Okay. So, um, Europeans had started arriving in the area that would become New Hampshire in the 1620s. First, it was part of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And the area around Portsmouth was founded by British investors in 1629. Captain John Mason, this is our fifth John, fourth John. Captain John Mason had the patent. Now, the patent is when you get the land from the king, right? Okay. That's what they called it. And this was unoccupied um, land? Well, there were people living there, n- native people. And, okay, and so, and that was just sort of, um, right. Okay. Well, so if I'm, if I'm living in a house. Right. And then someone comes in and says, so I, I, the king gave me this house. Sure. That's their house. And, I, and then it's their house. Right. You don't matter. Because there's a guy I've never heard of who thinks he's the magical best person. Yeah. It was and just like it was a race to who's a dick. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, oh, you don't understand. J-Town has sent me, so this is now mine. You understand? So uh, he has the patent. Uh, he names it New Jersey, uh, New Hampshire. New Jersey, New Jersey would be New great. He, he, his idea was to turn New Hampshire into like a feudal kingdom. Okay, great. Lovely. Where he is the lord. Great. He'd own land, and everyone living on the land would have to pay him rent. Fucking beautiful. Lo- I love it. That's the plan. And what can, what's the problem with it's that? A great, it's a great plan. Now, John Mason never went to America and died in 1635. So he never saw his plan. He never saw his colony. He never got to see his plan happen. Um, all the investors who would put money in then bailed. So at that point, the colonists and Mason's employees just took whatever land they wanted and started farming it or fishing or trading with Native Americans, whatever they did. Sure. So they just took the land because they're like, Whatever, it's open. Well, the guy that said he owned it is so dead. It's even diff- so it's even more different than someone walking into your house and being like, hey, the king told me I could have this. That person just never showed up. So it's just like your land was... Never came. Never came. Okay. He sent employees to take care of stuff, right. but he personally was never there. Right. Uh, isn't that sad to die before you get to see your own colony? Oh, my isn't God. Especially, sad? I mean, with, like, part of the it's fun like is... a baby. Part of the fun is watching the... Tears stream down the faces of those you're wronging. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Oh, and the genocide. Ah, oh, come on. 
watching them sniff the blankets. Come on. That's part of the... Uh, that's the secret sauce, my baby. That's right. Um, so, obviously, more and more Puritans are arriving around this time. About 20,000 uh, in, in Should the Should we start calling them the J-Towners? Um... Yeah, we could, but there are two different J-Towners. I mean, the Church of England are also J-Towners. Aren't the Puritans, they're all the Puritans are a little more J-Towny, aren't they? They're super J-Town, yeah, for sure. I think they're the real J-Towners. So um, these Puritans took over the four. New Hampshire was just four coastal towns, basically. Portsmouth, Exeter, Hampton, Dover. So they took over those because there were so many of them. That's pretty much all New Hampshire was, was those four. While all that's going on, things are getting pretty bug-fuck in England. What? So King Charles I had his head cut off in 1649 by the uh, Puritan Oliver Cromwell. What did he control. die from? Uh, scurvy. Cool. In 1652, one of Mason's relatives tries to reestablish control of New Hampshire. And he tried to do this by suing a settler for occupying his land. Is this spelled S-I-O-U-X? Sue. Okay. And uh, he, uh, he wins, but the guy's, not, the guy's like, I'm not paying you fucking rent. I live here. This is my land. And is, is, rent, it, is, then, rent a, is rent a thing at this point? Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, and uh, so then, but then it turns out the guy's land isn't in New Hampshire. It's in Massachusetts. So the whole thing fell apart. And Mason had... Mason then leaves. He was there for three months, and he's like, I can't. I can't. Wish someone would tell me where the state ends. This is embarrassing. <laughs> so the monarchy gets put back in power in England in 1660, and Charles II is in charge. This guy's he got a head. He's, got, he's full-headed. He obviously doesn't like the Puritans because they, the, they cut the head off his dad. Okay, Jesus, get which, over it. Depending, you know, how they feel he felt about him. It's yeah. bad. Um, and so he didn't like them. He doesn't like the Puritans running New England. And in 1679, Charles II declares that New Hampshire no longer belongs to Massachusetts and now is a royal province. So he separates so New, New Hampshire, Hampshire and Massachusetts. Interesting. So if you went to New Hampshire, you were in England. I mean, yeah, it's kind under, of. yeah, it's essentially a, it's a royal, yeah, it's under the royal right. rule. So it, that means it's subject, it's sub, subject to the, the laws of the Church of England. Right. And so it's basically being governed as like an independent province under the, the crown. Right. So with, with this new royal decision, another Mason pops up, Robert Mason, and he decides he's going to try and enforce the land claim. And his plan is to establish a fiefdom, right? He wants to same thing. The, they're they're all they're this this Mason. They're still just trying to get New Hampshire. They're still just like New Hampshire's this is the third, ours. This is the third Mason, right? Yeah, third Mason trying. Second yeah. that's seen it. Second that's really tried to do it. But they are they're just now like they're showing up every like ten years. Like, hey, this is ours. <laughs> it's your deal. <laughs> yeah, basically. Right. Okay. I mean. It, it's it's like fifty years since the first guy got the patent, so, so people kind of have been annoying. living there. They're it's like a bill collector. We've been living like, there dude, for fuck f- off. We're like no, yeah, we're done. So um, 
he's going to enforce the, the, the land claim. Um, he's a pretty good politician, so he plays the royal court pretty well. And he has to get the king to approve for him to be running it. So his claim to the land, his claim to the land is pretty shaky at this point. It's been so long. But he did have a, on his side that he, he would share the profits with the crown, which is obviously the crown would be into that. Sure. So that's like a given. So he doesn't really push that argument. He instead said New Hampshire could be a fortress of the king's authority against the other colonies. I like that. Sort of like Especially Superman. Hey, 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 hey. What? Like I'll live in here like it's my krypton, a bit of a fortress where I'll wear a cape and I'll have a boy and I'll have my wife and maybe a couple wives and it'll all be very light and bright and crystally and I'll sit here in my little fortress and if things get sticky or hairy, I'll put my boy in a little eggy tube and shoot him off to potentially another world, something like Massachusetts or Connecticut or one of those ones. But regardless, aesthetically, I'll be living inside of a bunch of crystally tubies and um, very shiny, transparent and, you know, something of that nature. Is that what you're basically pitching? Did you say... Two wives? Mm, well, minimum. Minimum, I'll have two wives. That's not what we do. Oh, but yes, but in my fortress, there's no laws. It'll be quite different. We'll have a whole of glory as well. A simple okay. circle where I may put my member at some point, and it'll either be yanked or no, uh... sucked, depending on the day or the hand or the mouth or the anus that might be behind it and... Or you could be another orifice, potentially, for sure. It doesn't have to be an anus. But in my fortress of solitude, it would be... there are. It is my sort of bastion away from the laws and the regulations of the, 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 the church at this point. You understand? It'll be very crystally. I, aesthetically, I think it'll be a very shiny sort of... What the fuck does this have to do with a church? You said fortress. You said fortress. I'm pitching on that. So I'll be in the fortress, and I'll have my... You're you're, you're, you're a religious man. I'm very aware of who I am. Very religious. But in my fortress, we'll be carving out... Look, my fortress will look like heaven. So I'll be able to do all the things that I like to do, whether it's... You think there's glory holes in heaven? I don't... It's a hole of glory, first of all. And I don't know. I mean, it might be, and maybe it's... The point is... I'll put what I want in there, and it'll be dealt with by whoever's working the other side. Could be mouth, could be anus, could be hand. I don't mind. Doesn't have to be anus. Could be vaginal. Doesn't have to be. Could be anus. The point is, aesthetically, it'll be quite a crystally show. And we'll need to put some sort of padding uh, in the hole, because otherwise, it's a very crystally area. And again, I could send my boy off if there's problems or an earthquake or... Fire. Gosh, look at that over there. Doesn't that look like an old man in the mountain? That's strange. <laughs> look at that, eh? He's wondering, wondering how you're going to end that. So, uh, right, so if by fortress he means, like... I uh, know what he means. He means an area <laughs> where I... No, no, no. <laughs> um, a place uh, that could be, like, the king's place... His true representative 
as opposed to the other theocracies that are there. Quote, mischief and miseries have befallen those colonies by reason of a divided and disjointed government. So he makes the point that without one general governor, all of New England could be taken by an invasion. New Hampshire would be the first step in establishing royal control of all New England and then eventually all of America. And so the crown's like, okay, that sounds pretty good. Okay. So New Hampshire is going to be a classic old school public-private partnership colonialism thing. Um, Mason named himself Lord Proprietor of New Hampshire. I can't believe it kind of worked. Like you show up there. Yeah. And it's like they already own it, but you walk away and you're like, that yep. went pretty good. They, like, bought it. <laughs> so he also agrees to give the king a, a bigger cut than normal, 20%. So he can now legally charge what is known at the time as quit rent, which we call rent now, but it was called quit rent. Okay. But to do that, he needs to convince all the New Hampshireites to acknowledge him as their landlord. Right. And so to do that, he was, he was going to argue that they're getting a government in return and the crown would be the government and there'd be a governor appointed by the king and a seven-man council and an 11-man elected assembly. If, by I, if, I, own a, if I live on land and someone comes there and is yeah. like, you got to pay me now, I'd be like, fuck off. I don't care what he's pitching. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly what you would do. <laughs> hey, you know how you've been living here for 50 years? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now I want you to pay rent. So now you give me money and then someone owns it, kind of. Huh? And Good you get deal a, for you. You get leaders. Yeah, you're going to get a guy who can get... uh, who will ch- charge you uh, tickets. You're kind of like a baby England. Moving your car so, on street cleaning. You know day. what I mean? Mm hmm. It's pretty good. So, uh, the biggest hiccup, obviously, in this plan is, as we were talking about, is trying to convince people who already believe they own the land to give up rent for the land. Turns out not a lot of people go for it. I can't imagine someone being like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, a few people did. I know, but it sounds like that. But I mean, all right, yeah, I'll I'll pay you for sure. That's pretty good. What did that man I, want, honey? I mean the, well, it turns out we're going to have to pay to live here now. And, and then, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of, I forget what he said, but now we owe him money for living here, okay? <laughs> but we're going to have zoning. We get zoning. We're going to get a slide. Uh, yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't uh, it's definitely problematic uh, for the people. They're, they're not going for it. And to make it even more difficult, the commission that had established the royal, royal government in 1679 gave power to some big landowners. So it's, it's like there were big landowners. I assume the big landowners were doing business and helping the crown. Right. So they gave them a little bit of power. Two of those guys were Richard Waldron and John Gilman. Um, they're also councilmen. So they refused to pay rent for their huge plots of land. Okay. And so Mason then tells the crown that they were making illegal statements about the king and he kicks him off the council. Okay. Nice. So he's, yeah, he's, he's tactical. And then the council accuses him of quote, 
usurpicon over his majesty's authority. So taking so control like, without having the right. right they're to. like, you're full of shit. And he's like, oh, God. Yeah. Right. Right. They're like, you don't fucking have the power to do this. We talk to the king. So uh, basically, both Mason and the council are okay with the king having control, but they thought they were the king's representatives. So the council thinks we're the king's representatives, and Mason's like, no, I'm the king's representative. Right. And the king's just like, when's this fortress going to be ready? I swear, (laughs) I can't wait to get over there. Um, I mean, they just thought Mason had absolutely no right to the land because he all of a sudden just popped up out of nowhere, right? right? So the, the, head of the, the head of the council at this point is a guy named John Cutt, which, because all this is happening, he becomes governor because he's the head of the council. Okay. Um, he's, just, he's a rich dude who's been in the colonies since, like, 1646. Now, in late 1680, there is a comet... Comet? In the night sky. A comet. Wow, this is... For about three or four months, I think. It's just going over. A comet going Obviously, over the colonies for three or four months? Colony, co- uh, comets travel slow sometimes. They just cruise along. And, Are you um, making the, How much of this is made this up? Is, no, it's real. Okay. Well, the whole mind. thing. Uh, this is not a. This is not. None of this is real. New Hampshire's not real. <laughs> okay. And uh, now I'm starting to get it. Um, oh, that could have been Superman. So obviously, it could have been. Uh, obviously, a comet in the sky means God's not happy. Yep. We all know that. Yep. We all know. We all. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. I didn't know they went for that long, but I mean, that's just because I didn't know God could get so furious. Yeah. No, he's really mad. So. Then Governor Cut becomes ill. So everyone's really worried. That's another bad sign. So to appease God, the council and the assembly designate March 17th a day of public fasting and prayer. So you can't go to work. You can't do anything. You can only pray and fast. If you don't, you get fined. It's, it's pretty amazing to think that God is four-month comet angry, and you're like, yeah. let's give him a day. Yeah, let's not eat. We'll take one day off where we don't eat. We just pray. See what that does to this silly spite comet. Oh, he's going to love it. Uh, So Cut dies 10 days later. Okay. Now, Waldron becomes the new interim mayor. Mason arrives in January 1681 to convince his tenants to become tenants. Right. And the council is getting more annoyed that Mason keeps saying that he owns New Hampshire. So Mason then forbids people from cutting down trees for fuel, and he says he's going to sell their property. So he's escalating dramatically. Like dramatically. People, are, people are like, yeah, I'm not going to pay you to like live on my land. And he's like, all right, well, then you can't make fires, and um, then I'm just going to actually sell it. Is that... And everyone's like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, that's kind of how I'm going to roll. So. No, you can't. It's my stuff. Listen, it's all my... I'm telling you is, do you want to pay me rent? Do you want to give me some money? No. To stay here? I'm not paying you rent. Okay. Then no, no more fires off of the wood on your land. F- my land, sorry. And then we're going to sell it. Land. It's our land. So what? This land is my it's land. Mine. No, this land's not your land. <laughs> I'm serious. 
You're laughing, but I'm telling no, you this. I know, but no, no, they, no, I'm telling it's like you, a song. Shut it. this land is my land. It's first of all, it's not your land. This land is my land. It's this certainly not your land. land. This land is your land. No, this land is my land. This land's well. First of all, it's not and even necessarily my. Land. If you pay me rent, then this land is your land. If you don't, then this land is my land. Okay. It's all my land. I don't know who the fuck you are. I'm Mason, and if you don't, this land is about to be my land. This land's not your land. California. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what happened. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Uh, so obviously people are not into that. This causes everyone to unite against him. The council outlaws Mason's proceedings and everyone refused to pay rent. So everyone, it's like, so it a, worked. It went great. It's a rent strike. It's a rent strike for uh, a place you, you shouldn't be paying. Rent. Right. <laughs> On March 27th, after three months of failure, Mason sails back to England. Nice. Now, Edward Cranfield was made governor by the crown. And he, is, he was a military man in the Queen's household. I don't know what the fuck that Yeah, what means. does that even so he's mean? Like a, he's, like the, he's like a... Permission a to put some one lump queen. in your tea, missus. <laughs> yes. One lump. Permission to drop another lump in there, missus. Yes. Miss, permission to drop a third lump inside of your tea, my queen. Yes! All right. My queen, permission to drop a fourth lump inside of your cup of tea, please. No! Off with his head! Oh, Christ. Uh, J-Town, I mean. (laughs) Uh, So, so he's, yeah, whatever, whatever that means. So some believe Mason got... Cranfield appointed, believing he would support his claim to New Hampshire. And so this dude is, I mean, these Masons are just not letting it go. And Mason's not letting it go. Okay. Um, so he's going to, he, he, since he's the guy who has the patent now, he 
he pays uh, Cranfield 100, 150 pounds for his salary. Okay. So Cranfield arrives in October 1662, um, but then he doesn't actually have Mason's back. He can't. He's just just like an arbiter between Mason and the colonists. He tells the crown that Mason exaggerated the colony's wealth, and they're actually not doing well at all. And if Mason got all the land, and they had to pay rent, they would have nowhere to graze their livestock. Okay. So he puts he puts Waldron and Gilman back on the council, and. The council then offers to pay Cranfield a salary of 250 pounds. So 100 more. Uh, and so he takes it. He's like, yeah, yeah I'll take That's the extra more money. money. Yeah, what? Um, now Cranfield starts to run into problems pretty quick. A Scottish ship, uh, it, it turns out, is trading with a colony, which it's not allowed to do. What, what, um, wait, so why, are we not, the, why can we not? Excuse me, may I jump in quickly with a question? Uh-huh. Why are we not allowed to do that? Why are we not allowed to trade? Well, only do, we, do, we only do it with England. You're not uh, But we're not basically... I mean, we're, we've got... The, no. nobody's, nobody's got... You're not. What, you're going to buy an English bagpipe? No. You, you think about all the beautiful Scottish we exports. Don't want, but nobody wants bagpipes. Think about nobody all the... Wants, that's a terrible... Allow, allow me to pitch you on some of the beautiful Scottish exports. Absolutely. All you have is like knives to stab uh, Absolutely. But beautiful knives. Knives that and can go right through dresses. a can of aluminium. Ginsu oh. level blades. But wow. on top of that, top of the line bagpipes, with the most beautiful instrument known to man, right right here. The thing I, let me pitch you on the bagpipe quickly. Now, a lot of people no. say that they love the sound of the bagpipe. But what's amazing about the bagpipe is what you're hearing, I played 25 minutes ago. So this is a time-traveling musician. You know, it's a musical instrument it with time-traveling It sounds time like mode. you're squeezing a cat. It sounds like you're squeezing a cat. All right. Well, not 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 for you. What about kilts? Basically, no. the man's skirt. It's cold. It's the East Coast. I'm yeah, but that's what you, you put hair pants, on your testicles. Your test with with the kilt. I don't, You will evolve, and I'm, you'll get a hairy nut bush. I already have one. All right. What about a delicious meal of intestines? God's yes. spaghetti. Yes. Nature's spaghetti. All right. Well, that's all I'm Dime saying. It. We've got a lot to offer. And the good thing is, if you said no to that, there was only one left, which was a log for tossing. And oh. I don't mean your tadger. Oh. <laughs> uh, mm. You people are horrible. Well, so not doing uh, great. So he brings the ship's master up on charges, but the ship's master belonged to a church in Portsmouth, so no, one, no jury will convict him. Okay. And then the assembly refused to pass any of Cranfield's bills. Nice. So Cranfield's getting irritated with the colonists, their refusal to pay Mason rent and pass his revenue bills. So Cranfield dissolves the assembly and council. Okay. So that's going great. And, so the, and Mason, this, is, Adams, this is a pro-Mason move. Yeah. Mason's happy yeah. about this. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so historian Nathaniel Adams wrote that Cranfield had a temper and was, quote, easily excited by opposition. He uh, was also vindictive and would seek revenge on anyone who disagreed with him. Quote, the arbitrary manner in which he exercised his authority had a tendency to render him very unpopular. Okay. 
So he's a dick. Adams also said he hired pimps and spies to dig up dirt on people. Nice. That I don't. That I don't know. I I could see spies, but pimps. Come on, or man. maybe pimps meant something different. Yeah, for sure. What did it mean? <laughs> I don't know. You look such at, a look, weird look. You looking for some? Hmm? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for something. Yeah. You looking for some a musical? I'm looking in- for looking for chickens. a musical instrument potentially. No, I'm looking. I want chickens. Oh. And corn. What about uh, uh, some guts that have pudding and no? I want. Um, like I just that. want. I uh, know. I just want ch- um, chicken and corns. Fertile chickens. You look at two and for corn. A... I need corn. Maize. If you don't know what I'm saying, maize. Well, listen, maize. I've uh, got what you need right here. Oh, look at this. What? This. That's not maize. Yeah, you know what this is, though. What? It's a scrotum. Look how hairy it is. Okay. I don't want... I don't, That's nature I don't working its course. I, I you know what we call that? that. That's I called, can't cook that. Called I can't plant Pollock it. moss. Can I plant? Can I plant It's like a scrotum? moss. Look at that. What am I going to do with a moss? It just keeps you warm so you can I wear this. You can wear, look, you can wear this. Look at this. It's good by pants. Hello, this. Think of that. Isn't that lovely? What is it? Yeah, it's just it's a it's a it's a it's an option instead of trousers. It's a man's skirt. Okay. And look, you got your little pouch up here where you could put your you things. Know, like your you little. You shouldn't be here. You're not I'm supposed shocked. to trade wait, with us. Wait, and now wait. I know why. Well, no. I thought I thought he didn't want you trading because you guys Keep your voice would uh, take the profits Keep of English voice. people. But it actually turns out that you're scrotum holders and. Man dressed people. Hey, I don't. Hey, listen. Why do you have hairy scrotums? Because God, because nature's working. Nature's, this is life finds a way. That's not what that is. This is life finds a way kind of shit, mate. Jesus Christ, man. J Town. <laughs> so he, he can't convict, obviously, uh, the Scottish. Right. Guy, because he's he's part part of the churches, um, so he's getting really mad at at uh, at the colonists. Um, he's obviously uh, he's obviously uh, temperamental. Um, uh, what, you describe him like he, he's he's fine if everything's going well. Yeah, but that's but as soon as things aren't, he loses his shit. That that basically. is not the true test of a dick. Is what are things like when they're going badly, or like what about under duress? How are you? You know. Like if some of the stuff's going yeah, good, yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's easy to be a nice person. Right. Yeah, true. So he now views what was happening in New Hampshire um, differently. He didn't see it as a fight between two royalist groups over land, but a battle between the king and his enemies. Okay. Wow. So he goes to Boston because he thinks his life is in danger in New Hampshire. Sure. Boston, of course, home to Harvard, where the rich learned to become ministers. Right. Now, Cranfield came of age during the Civil Wars. And during the Civil Wars in England, it was conspiracies all over the place, right? Imagine. So he has a conspiratorial mind, and he now becomes convinced, uh, talking to some people in Boston, that there is a murderous Puritan plot afoot. Okay. Quote, a grand combination made up of church members 
of congregational assemblies throughout all the colonies of New England. Okay. So it's a New England-wide Puritan sure, right. conspiracy to take out the king. They want to overthrow the king right. and, quote, hand over America to Charles' enemies. Okay. Sure. And this is just based on conspiracies that he's... Yeah, it's all conspiracies. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they don't like the king, but sure. that doesn't mean they're trying to overthrow England right. at the same time. Uh, Cranfield called them, quote, rebellious trumpeters who spread sedition. Okay. You said trumpers, right? He asked for trumpeters. Oh. He asked for permission to go after the preachers. Oh, man. He claimed, he claimed they were riling up congregants against the king. Until the preachers were gone, he said, there would be absolutely no order in New England. So he wants permission to replace Harvard's faculty with Orthodox preachers from England. It's, it's just amazing. That swap is amazing. To be like, these <laughs> religious kooks, do you have any idea what they're doing? What we need are some English preachers. That's what we need to get in here. Some level-headed... better religious kooks. Yeah, they don't, yeah they, they don't think crazy shit. So the king, uh, the, the king doesn't go for it. Um, Cranfield also sees the colonies as just like a garbage dump of the worst people. Right? The, <laughs> the worst of England, the worst of Scotland. Ima- imagine. Uh, dissenters. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Dissenters. Negative, yeah. So he requests that the king send a permanent military presence, a frigate, to, uh, to defend the area from foreign and domestic enemies. Sure. So he wants a ship there that's going to f- have soldiers on it that's going to go out and kill, <laughs> kill domestic enemies. Yeah, and perfect. He's, uh, he's not really grounded. So Well, most ships aren't. Now, he, he orders an, a, a colony-wide fast on January 30th, 1683, to commemorate the execution of Charles I by Puritans 34 years earlier. Okay, so because he can't eat, neither can you for a day. And the, the, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. And the, the Puritans are pro-beheading the king. Like, right. that was great. So, yeah, yeah, don't eat because the king got beheaded. And they're like, no, we like that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the insult doesn't go over very well. Oh. Some, some now decide the new government is illegitimate and that there was a plot uh, to form a papist government. So now he's not, they're not, <laughs> the Church of England isn't, this is how fucked up, this is like conspiracy, conspiracy now. Right, because there's so no truth to what they think he's doing, which is based on no truth to what he's accusing them of, right? Right. He's just kind right. of a lunatic. So instead of, saying, instead of saying, which is true, they want the Church of England to take over, they go to their, I guess, more enemy. I don't know what it is, sure. but they're like, no, it's Catholics. Right. It's the fucking Catholics, man. Right. So Cranfield decided to ensure that the Church of England followers were not being discriminated against. So he's got a way to see. So he tells the Reverend Joshua Moody... That he, Not he now. Boom. <laughs> come back later. Boom. Oh, Jesus, why did we pick this guy? Oh, gosh. Come in. Fine. What do you need to talk to me about? Me and I'm my so wife tired. Just I'm hungry now. Having... I would like some food, please. 
Well, I was doing. I'm horny. Talking to you. Enough. Enough. Sick of this. When's your birthday? Uh, It's um, in October. What you want? Seven. I would like a fire truck. Oh, I hate people who think of things as so strange. Um, I'm tired. Leave me be. Okay, bread. Leave me be. Are you sleeping? Yes, quite. Mm, oh, puppies. Mm, oh, sometimes I feel alone up here on my own. Yeah. Yes. Fuck. Yes, yes. I didn't know Come we on. Were doing musical. Sorry. Gosh, I just miss my mum. It's so difficult. Oh, gosh. I've really gone through the swings today, haven't I? (laughs) (laughs) So he says, he tells Moody that he's going to come get communion, but Puritan rules do not allow for a Puritan reverend to give communion to a Church of England follower. Yeah, good Lord. Seriously, good Lord. So Moody, Moody refuses. Okay. And then Cranfield bans Moody from the pulpit and puts him in jail. Sure. Okay. It's just God what are you wars. To do if a guy doesn't give you the God wars, yet? yeah. Yeah. If someone doesn't give you a Christ wafer, what are you going to do? Yeah. Of course, that backfires because it it makes it, right. The Reverend's a persecuted Puritan. It's what they always want, right? right? They're the we're always victims. We're a pur- right. And then he he's you know writing letters and telling everybody. You know, what's going on? And, and I'm a victim and blah, blah, blah. And then all the other men, ministers flee New Hampshire. So now there's no religious services happening awesome. in New Hampshire, oh. which falls right into the, oh, the oppressive government, persecuting our religion thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's all it's just like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. It's a PR disaster. Right. Now, Cranfield now orders everyone to accept the leases from Mason within a month. He's like, you got a month to sign and agree to the leases that this guy owns your land. And that is definitely not helping the theory that this is a kind of hostile takeover. Yeah, not at all. So no one signs. Weird. The people are like, why don't you put the matter before the king? Ask the king. We haven't heard what the king... Make the king rule on this. Um, He refuses. Instead, Cranfield sues the settlers. Nice. And he picks the judge and the jury. Nice. It's pretty good. Uh, Smart. Of course, he he picks a judge and people who support Mason. Right. So the first guy that is sued is Waldron. Um... And in court, he is arrested because he uses uh, seditious language in court. Okay. So he gets he arrested mean, right there. And yeah. I mean, he's basically like, what the fuck are you talking about? This isn't yours. And people are like, sedition, sedition. <laughs> well, basically, he said, he said the jury is fixed. They're all Mason people. Oh. And that's what the seditious. And the judge, too. <laughs> and the judge is like, I won't hear of this. You're going to jail. <laughs> And now he's bringing more and more people in front of the court. Uh, he's really worried that people are going to take revenge on him and kill him. Now, our old friend Ed Grove. Oh, Gove, wow. Sorry. Our old friend Ed Gove. He's still around. Wow. 
He's one of those who is a big landowner, and he's done with Cranfield. He just cannot deal with Cranfield anymore. Edward is a member of the Assembly and a lieutenant in the Hampton Militia. And as we also recall, Gove has a temper. Right. Um, so he has to appear in court due to his use of foul language and accusing a neighbor of stealing from him. Now, Gove believes it's time to defend the colonists from Mason and Cranfield. He's like, we got to take this to the next level. Nice. And he's saying it's time to revolt. Quote, to revolutionize the government or at least to affect reform. Great. So he's like, you know, we got, we got to use, you know, violence. We need a government. Uh, he's also very concerned New Hampshire is going to fall under the rule of Catholicism. So he basically believes his own conspiracy theory that Cranfield is actually a Catholic plant. Nice. Who's there to take away their liberties. Nice. And impose Catholic rule. Nice. So he's like, you guys Which, sound the crazy. The craziest thing is... <laughs> the, the crazy thing about this is, like, you already have the Church of England is trying to do that. Why are you, why are you making Because people it love people. You got to dig. It's never, you know, <laughs> there's got to be something more to it. I mean, neither side. There's two sides, and they're both just full of shit. Right. If you can imagine living in a country where there's two sides, they're imagine. full of shit. So Gove believes uh, that people are going to join him once he starts because... He knows how everybody feels about Cranfield and Mason. He's right. been living there for, you know, ages. He knows everybody, and they all talk shit about him. So he tells them, quote, his sword is drawn and that he would not lay it down till he knew who should hold the government. Right? So mm-hmm. he's, Gove is going in. Now, Cranfield hears what's going on, and he sends messengers with warrants to arrest Gove. And he orders the militia to be on the ready. He decided to take men and quote, no, sorry, uh, uh, Gove decided to take men and quote, stand against the governor. Okay. Um, it sounds like he did this at night one night because other local leaders are against it, but Gove was drunk and decided this was the time to go for it. Who, who should, but this is such an important moment. We gotta get. Why gotta you get, get cloud now. before the big the big shoe? It's the, like a lot of a lot of people gotta get drunk to hit on a lady or whatever. It's the same thing. Well, not Even everybody has a pocket. Duck. Up. Yeah. True. You know what I mean? Um. So, he he convinces his son and his servant to go with him, and some others. Go assumed once he's arrested. Come on, you guys gotta come. People, you guys trust me. I got a good plan. <laughs> We should go together. We could go as a big group. My son's coming. My servant's coming. And then you guys should come. You guys should come with come with me too. We're gonna overthrow the fucking government tonight. Who wants to run? No, I no. Who wants no. to shadow let's, let's sleep on this. No, let's we can't. I can't. They're, com- they're coming. They're All coming. They're coming tonight. So we got no option. It's now or never. I, no, it's I don't time think to, it's time to sit or shit off the pot. We gotta make a move. Okay. I just think we should sleep on it, and then There's tomorrow no sleeping. we'll wake up. And There's we'll... no sleeping. We're making a move now. I feel like, come on, I feel like hey, the pub isn't a great place. The pub to... is the best place. This is a, this is the best place. Who who wants some potatoes? We'll get some potatoes. We we'll get a round of potatoes, 
I would, I would like potatoes. Because some ranch, I, and we can just go nuts. But then tonight's the night because there's no other night that's going to be as big as tonight. I'm going to have myself a real all good. All right, let, let's just, let's just I, put you to bed. This song was you know, a you lot. The song was too much. I admit that now. Do you want to lie down? You want to lie down? I like to lie down when I'm standing up. Let's okay. do this right for the first time. Okay. Think about your grandchildren. I'm going home. Think about your grandchildren. I'm going. I d- I, yeah, they're fine. I'm going home. I'll come with you. No. We should nap. <laughs> so uh, so he, he really thinks that he'll, he'll go down there and... When he gets arrested, then everyone else will rise up because of the injustice. Right. Right? Like, yeah. that's... I think that's sort of the plan. So, sure. um, on January 27th, 1683, Gove and 12 armed men rode from Exeter to Hampton. And he's drunk. They're armed with... They're armed with swords, pistols, and guns. Quote, One man blowing a horn and the others calling for their neighbors to come out and join them in rising up against the tyranny. And Gove is drunk. Gove is drunk. And, and no one comes. Come on, where are you pussies? No one joins this rebellion. What is with everybody? Him. Play the horn again, Al. <laughs> there you go. By the way, no you sort of said out. you were better at that than you really are. You said you knew five songs. Boo. Boo, boo, boo. It's beautiful. That is some good shit. You hearing this? You hearing this stuff? Who don't want to overthrow the government? Uh, I should tell you, my name is Chuck Mangione. Chuck Mangione, the pasta king? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, like I said, no one comes out. uh, And people who knew him just, they thought it was just another one of Ghost Freakouts. I guess that's the thing he did. And and it sounds like the 12 men that are with him are actually just teenage boys. Cool. So, so this is a cool little gang he's got together. Yeah. So uh, to Cranfield, the, this, it, this is treason, what he's doing. So he, has, so he gets to town, and there's no one rising up, and he basically just immediately turns himself in. Okay. <laughs> so he has, them all, he has them all arrested and put in jail. Uh, and Gove, Gove's neighbors tried to explain to the court that for for Edward, this type of behavior, it's not really unusual. Oh, he's always trying nor... to overthrow the government truck with a guy who has a horn. <laughs> and it's not all that difficult to control. Yeah. Um, a neighbor, quote, Edward Gove was some years since in a strange distemper, seemingly lunatic. So, so he's, he's kind of off his rocker right. uh, quite a bit. And there was no real damage it done, like... so let him go. Yeah, right. and it sounds like the way they're saying he does this. It's like, no, Ed gets drunk and he... Ed gets drunk, he, he tries he to start his own country. It happens often. <laughs> He's always doing that. Um, so, like I said, there's no demonstration. No one gathers like he thinks people are going to gather. Um, oh, the only guy who got away, quote, except the trumpeter who escaped. Love it. I hope he was blowing it the whole time. Yeah, they were like, God damn, he's around here. <laughs> I hear him. He's out of breath. Um, so they're put, they're put in irons in the prison. 
Uh, the next day, they're brought before the governor and the council. Uh, Gove doesn't deny anything. He, and he admits, he, quote, did sound the trumpet or caused it to be sounded as his own. And he did draw his sword because it was his own. So, so what's the, what's the scene like outside of the courtroom? Are people, is everybody lighting stuff on fire? There's no one there. There's got to be. There's a tumbleweed. No, there's no one there. No one. Where's the trumpet guy? He ran into the woods. But we can just hear the trumpet out there. <laughs> what? <laughs> guys, that guy's a hero. He's the pasta king, you know? That guy's the pasta king. Yeah, no, I, I heard that. Um, he, now, now Gove says the, the governor is not a judge, but a pretender and a traitor to the king. So Cranfield orders a trial um, in Portsmouth, and he picks Richard Waldron to be the judge. Now, the day before the trial, depositions arrive uh, to Cranfield. John Stevens declared, quote, that Edward Gove was some years since in a strange distemper, seemingly lunatic, and did attempt to kill the wife of George Martin, saying that she bewitched him. And did to that end discharge his pistol. Okay, so look, right, can, the, can, 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 can we just okay? Can we just talk for a second about how yeah. a man cannot try to shoot another man's witch wife without a well, bunch of blowback? You can shoot a witch. You can shoot a Thank witch. Thank you. It's totally legal. Yeah. Like I think you. I think witch shooting is super okay. Yeah. Now, was she a witch? I guess would be the question. Yeah, she was. I told you she I was. Think I think no. Is she's just she was a it's witch. Just Sally, like she was. No, she's just no Sally. No woman like was, makes a salad that garbage. That was witch leaves. See, that's not that's not witchcraft. That that's was not, that salad was salad. absolute cranberries in a salad. She's a witch. It's just a flavor thing. She's a witch. I don't like avocados, but if they're in a salad, I don't accuse the person of being a witch. Well, yeah, avocados are delicious, so it's obviously not a witch. I'm talking about cranberries in a salad. She was a witch. That's why I shot at her. Tried to kill her. And by the way, can I point out that she didn't die? Very witchy, if you ask me. She didn't. She did not die. She did not die. She lived. So the court of Hampton ordered that he should be committed into safe custody to prevent his doing hurt to himself or others. So after he tried to shoot a witch, the witch lady, he missed. And then they were like, you got to, someone's got to watch. They were like, look, Hey, um, we're going to, we've allocated all these funds to work on your mental health because you're a danger to yourself and those around you. So instead of just throwing you into a system that'll just stoke the violence and give you more mental health issues, we're going to put you somewhere where you'll get proper care and you'll be tended to in a way that is, dare I say, empathetic and will hopefully lead towards Mm -hmm. at some point you being rehabilitated in some capacity and then maybe you can get back out in the real world. Until then, no more witch shooting, but here's a lovely cot and three hots. Can I strangle a witch? It's we're, just go to the camp first, and then when you come out, we'll talk. Uh, so he was sent. The custody is that he was sent to live with John Stevens, who said sometimes he had to lock Ed in a room and quote. Sometimes he would take a book and read an hour or two. Sometimes he would be more like a madman. So do you want to read a book tonight or should we kill that witch wife? 
Ed? 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 That's it. Lock his door. Ed? He's Wolfmanning again. He's doing the Wolfman. You're a good boy. You're just misunderstood. I'm kidding. I I, I just want to read the book. I just want to read this book. Uh, It feels like every time you do that, you come out and you try to shoot a witch. fine. I was just joking. I don't want to shoot one. Keep it locked for now. Not shoot her. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to shoot. All right. Well, um, my wife made a salad with cranberries in it. Do you want to come out of there tonight? I'm going to put a knife in her belly. Keep the door locked. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Ed. So, uh, he, uh, the, the local minister recommends that Edge shouldn't be allowed to read because that must be what's making him mad. Absolutely. Well, maybe pick the books. Is that a little bit more helpful, maybe? <laughs> no, I think it's just reading. Okay. The words. It's, it's the, the words make him... Act of reading. Stephen said many would testify Gove often had to be uh, tied up, hands and feet, to keep him from hurting himself or others. So at the trial... Henry Green testified that he saw Gove with a trumpet and men who were armed. And Gove testified that all the witnesses who said he led armed men and ordered the trumpet blown were right. Okay. He then railed about Governor Cranfield, calling him a traitor. And then it went to jury deliberation and they found... Him guilty and all the men guilty. Go, They're yeah. All found guilty. Yeah, he was pretty. I mean, he didn't really push back too hard. No. Uh, his ba- his basic his his defense was basically like, "Well, I should be able to. This guy's terrible. Yeah, right. So right. I should be able to have done that. Right. He's looking for jury nullification, I guess. Right. Um. So, Walden, the judge, Walden weeps as he gives Gove his sentence. Quote, you shall be drawn on a hedge to the place of execution, and there you shall be hanged by ye neck, and yet living, cut down and cast on the ground, and your bowels shall be taken out of your belly, and your privy members, your privy members cut off and burnt while you are yet alive. What? You... You head shall be cut off your body, divided into four parts. Shut up. And your head and quarters shall be placed where the sovereign lord, the king, pleases, pleaseth to appoint. Wait, okay, sorry. This is like, first of all, the fact that he's weeping. Like, he's in charge of this, right? I think he's in charge, but I think he did not write that. I okay, think so someone handed him Cranfield like a crazy like, like execution yeah, I recipe. I think Cranfield. So the plan yeah. is to hang him? First of all, bring him uh, on yeah. a hedge. Hang him, not in, not dead. No, no, no. Just but hang bring him. him, bring him with, on a hedge. Hang him. Yes. Cut him down. Cut his guts mm-hmm. out. Take his dick off. Cut his head into four parts. Burn. Nope, you forgot. Cut his dick off and burn it. Burn the dick in front of him while he watches. Wa- his so dick. watch his dick. So he has to watch his own dick fire. Uh huh. And then cut his head off. And then cut his head and off. Then cut cut, it cut it the into body into four parts. Oh, the body into four parts. Uh-huh. And uh and then the and then 
the king gets to put the body parts wherever he wants. <laughs> okay. You got to be here. Like he's probably like, you will be hanged tomorrow. Oh my god, damn it! And then cut down. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. And ah, your guts ah. will be taken out. That's kind of weird. Oh. And your dick off. And after that, we'll take oh. your dick. And oh. no. gonna put it in a campfire. You're gonna watch your dick burn. Oh. Then. No. Then. I, then. That is an episode in camp. Then, once your dick's burned badly, uh, I don't want to be. Could cut that head off. What? And then put it into four parts. Which no, no you, your already, body. you already did cut the head off. You already cut a head off. Nah. Well, I you cut, cut your dick head off. off. You're gonna watch your dick burn, but your head head, your real head. It's gonna be there. Okay. Uh, can we just hang? Can we just hang? You here? will hang for a minute. Then you come down. Gotta get those guts out of you. The dick off you. Burn the dick. Cut your head off. Uh, it's gonna take about two hours. It seems like overkill. Yeah. Look. I'm crying, and I'm the judge. This is nuts. Yeah. Speaking of nuts. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Gove's son, uh, who's also named John, was pardoned. Uh, three others were then pardoned, although one of them died in prison before he was released. Most of them get pardoned over a little bit of time, except two, um, Gove's estate is now seized and turned over to the crown. So at this point, Gove has a really large family, and now they're just homeless. They're just totally destitute. Cranfield had orders to send all the rebels back to England. Any rebel he catches, he's supposed to send back to England. Um, He's also afraid what's going to happen if they do this execution in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. So Gove is sent back to England for the king to deal with. So they Gove is? Yeah, they kind of took it out of the, like they they give them the sentence of execution and then they go, well, the king will do this. And the king's well, going to read this and be like, sorry, it. sorry, 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 sorry. What's, uh, why don't we just, what? why don't we just hang him? Is that okay? Can we just do that? No. Okay. No, that's not the sentence, is it? Well, uh, your highness. We've got, we've got to see the dick burn. Your highness, uh, <laughs> we was kind of thinking it might be kind of funny. If after he hangs for a minute, so we get that uh, itch scratched, we cut him down, yank his guts out like Pascetti and meatballs, then we take his dick off, put it in the fire, mm-hmm. let it razzle, uh, go. I'm sorry. Crackle, snap, what, crackle, uh, cock. What, what is this about the dick? I didn't quite. Well, I don't know. We, we were just kind of like, we think the guts thing's really crazy, but then we was also thinking like. Um, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, so then we was thinking like, crazy. well, how do you get even crazier after that? Well, we cut his dick off. Okay, then what? Okay, well, then we put it in yeah, fire. No, I don't. And make, make him I'm, watch. I just. Make him watch his dick. I, mm, Burn. You know, I'm just saying it's all, it's all a bit much. It's a bit much. I, yeah, I mean, I guess we probably yeah. we pushed it a little bit, but I I think when you see it, it'll probably go pretty fast. It'll just feel like a set list. I don't. I, don't, I guess I don't want to see. It. I guess we don't need don't. to bring him by hedge. Could probably cut that out. That saves about a half hour of the whole thing. We could just have him. No, take I it was there. thinking just uh, uh, just the hanging, which that's. Nice. Well, I, I we sorry. I'm gonna just... I'm gonna push back. This guy has to watch his dick get burned in a fire. Sorry, but just oh. That's uh, the whole. That's the. No, that's the apex. I, I don't see. I don't see why that doesn't. Because you know, it's like no. crazy. That'll be shitty for him to see. His... I, I'm just saying. I don't think we need crazy. <laughs> we can just hang him. 
We don't need to see dick, dick fires. How about this? It, it, we burn his dick in a fire, then we hang him. Pretty good? Okay. Great. Thank you, yeah. sir. By the way, I've seen your fortress. It is unbelievable. Oh, speaking of dick fires. Yeah. I've gotten, I've gotten one from the hole. Mm-hmm. Glory, praise to thee, majesty. I need, I need medicine. Uh, yeah, but I gotta go. Let's uh, talk okay. for another day. Uh, so the, the, um, the people in New Hampshire are, are really fucking pissed about this over the top sentence. Yeah, it's a bit much. And Cranfield, um, then punishes, the, punishes them more for being mad. He raises the cost of court. Fi- so I think you have to pay for court when you go there. So he raises it 500%. Um, he... Puts his he he's put he's created his own council and um, and he has all the legislative power now. Um, now they're levying taxes without the approval of the assembly. Okay, they're imprisoning people without charges. Okay, others are being fined for no reason. And because court costs so Over, much, like you're not going to fight it. Right, overthrowing uh, the government is pretty pretty common. It's pretty much the thing. Everyone's like, yeah, we need to do something. Um, they start responding to the, quote, obnoxious laws with violence, like people are actually getting violent. They're resisting paying the taxes. Tax agents are trying to execute a a levy, right? And they do it on the Sabbath, and a ruckus breaks out, and it ends when a girl knocks down one of the tax agents with her Bible. Beautiful. Finally. It's very Puritan. It's very Puritan. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's a real finishing move. Women were coming to the door to greet tax agents with pots of scalding hot water. Nice. Boy, we really should be bringing that back. (laughs) Men would answer the door holding clubs. Nice. So there was violence with the tax agents. Um, Now, Gove had been sent back to England, and he is imprisoned in the Tower of London. And he immediately starts writing letters to friends, asking them to use their influence to get him a pardon from the king. So they try. There's like a, a letter-writing campaign. Um, people are saying all these reasons you should be, should be freed. They wrote to the king. Uh, the, one, the thing they keep landing on is they keep saying he's of unsound mind. So, you know, right. he... he he's uh, got, yeah, he's... Like he wa- it's mental problems. He, he wasn't trying to overthrow... He wasn't trying to overthrow the king. He was just By the being way, an anyone idiot. who hands like, down a sentence where you're de-gutting and dick-burning, like, they also are not stable. No, that's an unsound mind, yeah. His wife wrote a letter saying he, he'd experienced lunacy since he was a kid. Right. Which is a weird thing to say. Like, no, he's crazy. That's why I married he's him. He's been crazy the whole time. Also, if you do do the dick thing, just mail it to me. <laughs> I'll take coupage. They sent, they sent the king all the depositions of the court. The king takes off Gove's irons uh, on May 28th, 1684. So he'd been in irons in the Tower of London for a, uh, just about a year. Okay. Um, and, then the, and then a little while after that, the king ordered he'd be allowed to enjoy fresh air. So he's probably getting like a, you know, it's like a day in the yard <laughs> or an hour in the yard. Just... Or just a window. Sure. Anyway. Um, on May 9th, 1685, he was allowed to wander 
the tower. So now they're like he's yeah, got he's free got, reign in the tower. Right, so he's able, getting a little bit. Sure. Um, his entire time in the tower, people are making the case that he should be pardoned. And on March 5th, 1685, the king said, go and be part of the next batch of pardons. And he was released on his own recognizance on April 6th, 1865. I'm going to so cut Cranfield's dick off. <laughs> um, newly crowned James II hears of Cranfield's behavior. And he sends an agent to find out what Cranfield is up to. Uh, I'm hoping this guy gets his dick burned. (laughs) After reporting back, Cranfield is censured by the king and removed. Quote, on receipt of the intelligence of Cranfield's disgrace, a self-constituted committee waited upon him and escorted him to the Salisbury line with a rope around his neck nice. and his legs tied under the belly of a horse, which he rode minus his sword. Nice. And then they dropped him at the Massachusetts border. Oh my God. The Massachusetts like, dude, what are you doing? We don't want this guy. No, no, that guy's a fucking asshole. Get out of here, dude. Um, the King wrote the council of Gove's pardon and, ordered them to restore his estate. So he got all his land back. Nice. Edward Gove returned to his life in Hampton. Uh, he died there on July 29th, 1691. He believed that he had been slowly poisoned while living in the Tower of London. Sure. So whatever happened in the Tower of London, his health got a lot worse. Uh, probably just he was being locked in up the in Tower irons. of London, but he blamed it on Yeah. Yeah, it couldn't have been good. Um Cranfield was given a lucrative post as a commissioner of customs in Barbados, where he levied a hefty tax on sugar exports. He died in 1700. Man, that is the best death sentence we've ever had, though, right? <laughs> um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. That is the best it's one. Definitely way, That's the best decreed death way. sentence ever. Uh, it's definitely way, way up there. Yeah. Um, so the sources are the Gove book, History and Genealogy of the American Family of Gove, and Notes of European Goves. <laughs> Whoa. Sure. <laughs> um, I don't know who wrote that. Um, I think I did. Uh, death, uh, we, the death sentence and pardon... Um, is up there also. Uh, Seacoast Online, getting rid of corrupt Governor Cranfield. Um, the Empire Reformed, English, America, and the Age of the Glorious Revolution by Owen Stanwood and um, the uh, New England Historical Society. Edward Gove and his one man revolution. It, it would just be great to be able to rid ourselves of politicians in that way. That's why it's kind of satisfying yeah. at the end, is like, you know, comeuppance, which is just not going to happen. People are probably like, no. well, what about Trump? But it's like, yeah, but that's, that's not going to do shit. No, it's not going to do anything. Um, but what it, it's just so fucking crazy. How every fucking place, it was, it was all nuts. It was all yeah. fucking bananas at the beginning of this country. It was just completely... Well, it's also, it definitely feels crazy. like we're like charting back towards that sort of situation yeah, in a, some capacity. Yeah, horseshoe. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Uh, well, yeah, gobble, we gobble. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. 
Um, we wish you and yours yeah. the best. And, um, yeah, we have everyone have uh, an extra turkey leg for Dave this weekend. Thank you, bye. That's it, bye. later. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye now. Thanks. Sleep on, Sleep on boxes. Bye. Thank you, guys. Boop. Blah, blah, blah.